Praise the Lord, everybody. Who are you and why are you here? Have you thought about that? In your folders, you have a form that has asks for information. And those information forms will be used to give away prizes today. So you're going to want to fill those out. And those forms will tell me, who are you and why are you here? For me, I am Chris Anderson. And I am just some guy that uh, right now I'm serving as the children's editor for Pentecostal Publishing House. And uh, I just met Jessica for the first time. She writes for us. Do we have any other writers that are here? If you ever feel drawn to write for PPH, you can, I'm the one to contact. I'm, I can give you my business card and all of that information. But if you could fill out those forms, they're very important because we have some incredible giveaways here today. We have some books. I think Rachel gave me some, uh, some gummy worms. Yes. And then uh, last night, <clears throat> I didn't think that that was enough, so I decided to go to uh, one of my favorite stores here. Hey, I need you to do me a favor. Will you do me a favor? I, I need you no. And take your sister with you, because you're going to need help. I need you to go in that door and pull out the grand prize today. Rachel doesn't know about this yet. Look at her. She has no idea what's behind the door. I found this last night. I could not believe my luck, because you guys, the grand prize today, somebody, it's not alive, I promise. <laughs> okay, what's back there? Okay, can you bring that out here? Somebody is walking out of here with this thing. So fill out your forms. What do we got there? What is that? Can you bring that up here? Yeah, grab the other end. Help, help your brother out there. How about that? Somebody is going to get this high-heeled chair. <laughs> How about that, right? Brother Moss, will this look good in your house or what? <laughs> he says what? So somebody today is going to be able to call this theirs. In addition to other prizes. So fill out your forms. Do you have your forms filled out? Do you guys need a little more time to do that? So we're going to be here for a really long time today. I recognize that. Please don't feel like you have to be polite to me in the sense that if you... you can, in fact, you could be rude if you want to. Oh, look at this. How, what do you think? It's not bad. You want that thing, don't you? I'm going to fill out my form. Fill out the form. That is nice. Now, wait, wait, wait. Stay there. Stay there. I found this thing, too. You can turn that thing into a workout chair. <laughs> look at that. So you can have... Look at that. Are you feeling this? Okay, here we go. Okay. So, yeah. So, anyway, we have some prizes here today. To You feeling it? All right. A little bit. Anyway. We're going to have fun today, right? But don't feel like you have to, uh, if you need to get up and get around. I, I personally, 
When I was a kid, I had ADHD. I didn't like to sit. And so even, we're, I'm, praise the Lord, we're Pentecostal. So that means you can get up out of your pew as the spirit leads. And uh, like, I, I like to pace and walk. And it's okay if you do that. You're not going to distract me. I teach kids. <laughs> Hallelujah. So uh, real quick, we want to gather those. Do we have a way to get that done? That'd be awesome. So while they gather those, I'm going to, oh, what did I do? I think I hit a weird, bad button here. Let's see what I did. I was going to, I got a whole bunch of welcome screens on here. How do I get back? They have all this technology here. It's very intimidating. Yeah, I'm sorry that I'm making you come down here. For those of you that go to church here, you know this guy. I th- if I'm remembering right, I'm bad with names. His name is Nick. Is that right? All right, Nick. Everybody, round of applause for Nick. I'm going to drive him crazy today, starting with right now. What did I do? And then I, yeah, there was a bunch of, what did I do there? There we go. All right. He said I had ultimate power here. Oh, I do. Look at that. Can't you see? All right, good. You and me make a pretty good team. And that's a really good, good thing. By your side, my This is good. Favorite color, purple, orange, and hot pink. They're going to like that chair. This is good. Okay. I will clap my hands like this. Do a dance like this. Spin till I'm feeling kind of busy. So there's video that I'm looking for, the teacher video. Is it here, brother? Is it right here? I bet it's right here. I promise you that I'll... I'm feeling like a star, you can't stop my shine, this class is all mine Gonna open up their minds, I'm a teacher, I'm a teacher, I'm a teacher, I'm a real good teacher Yeah, I'm feeling good today, sporting backpacks and they're on their way, yo Time to learn the things we like Going to my class, everything's alright. Oh, no one is smarter than you. No one is cool as you. No one have a grade level or type of school. My class is gonna rule, yeah. Now I got my class together. I got my lesson plans together, yeah. You know I got my act together. I'm shaping students that'll shape forever. The greatest changes in the world will almost always start at schools. And you know my mom and daddy didn't raise no fool. I can change the world for better. I can change the world for worse. So I choose to be a teacher and a blessing, not a curse. I'm singing this song to open up their eyes. Jumping in my ride. Gotta get there all time. I'm a teacher. So I play this video teacher. not because I I'm love the song, but I want to point I'm out that this world thinks that it can do a pretty good job of teaching our kids. This is a... They have a very influential world right now, our children do. Go ahead and fade that down. 
our children are being inundated with teachers and people that are good teachers at that, right? But they're not apostolic teachers. So I ask you again, who are you and why are you here? A lot of apostolics don't think much about it, about what changed on the day of misspelled Pentecost. I'm an editor. I I let that one go in there. They added an E on the day of Pentecost. That's what changed. No, what changed on the day of Pentecost? Um, We have this, we read the Old Testament. We read about Elisha and Elijah and David and even Noah and all these great men of God. And we say, man, the Old Testament guys are incredible. But as apostolics, do we believe that something changed on the day of Pentecost? Now, Christianity at large doesn't understand what it means to be spirit-filled, but I am going to assume in this room I am speaking to 100% spirit-filled apostolic Pentecostals, and that's why you're here. And if you are not spirit-filled, I'm going to tell you, you need to be spirit-filled in order to do this. And I'm going to convince you, hopefully, of this. But Jesus, they watched Jesus ascend into heaven. And then, now if I'm there, I'm going to run out and tell the world. But that's not what they were told to do. What were they told to do? Go to Jerusalem and get filled with the Holy Ghost. And then days later, you have the day of Pentecost. Something changed on the day of Pentecost, turn to a neighbor and say, something changed. Something changed. For Jesus said himself, for I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And what was Jesus talking about when he said this? He was talking about his spirit-filled church. Jesus said that you, O spirit-filled teacher, are more powerful, are greater in the kingdom of God than John the Baptist. We don't always acknowledge the power that God gives us. Right? You, point to yourself, say, I am greater than John the Baptist. Because John was not filled with the Spirit. You are. Something changed on the day of Pentecost, and this is God's plan. So you are not just a teacher. You are God's teacher. So we have 1 Corinthians 12, 1, 4 through 7. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, not just gifts, where are these gifts from? And I think gifts is that you fill that out in your little form if you're following along in the blanks. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. If you think that you are just teaching in order to teach from the book, you're wrong. God gives his Holy Spirit to guide you. And teaching is a supernatural experience. 1 Corinthians 12 says, Now you are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? 
are all teachers or all workers of miracles? The answer is no, not, we're not all of those things. But you came here today because you said, I'm a teacher, right? So before you recognize, if you're just here to be obedient, I, I hope that by the time you leave, you're going to recognize your supernatural anointing as a teacher. I remember when I, in 1999, when I first came to Christ, the people that gave me my first Bible studies, they were the children's ministers. And they, I, you're not going to guess this about me, but before I came to Christ, I was the lead singer and uh, keyboard player of a heavy metal band. Right? It, it, it is awesome. And so I knew how to play keyboards, heavy metal style. Uh, but these children's ministers that were brought me into church, I would drive an hour to get from Herrick, or from Decatur, Illinois, where I lived, to Herrick, Illinois. And I would drive an hour on Wednesdays because I was filled with the Spirit and I wanted the Word of God. And then Dixie, God bless her, she would say, Brother Anderson, I need you upstairs to help play keyboards for my children's service. And because they, man, they poured so much into me, I went upstairs and I played keyboards for them and I hated it. It drove me nuts. And I was like, because uh, I drove an hour. I wanted the word of God. And I was like, I just drove an hour to, to play keyboards for the kids. And so I went home that Wednesday. And then the next Wednesday, I showed up again. And Dixie said to me, Brother Anderson, I need you to, to play keyboards again. I was like, what? But I, I wanted to be nice. You know, I'm spirit filled now. So uh, I was like, all right. Yeah. So I went up and I played keyboards for the second week. And then Week three, I drove down an hour, and she asked again. And even though I played smiling, I was really, I was upset. I was frustrated. Man, I'm driving an hour. I want the word of God. I want to sit in those pews, and I want to, I want to hear my, the pastor preach. And, and here she has me playing keyboard. So I decided I had not only an hour to get to church, I had an hour to get home. So on that third week, I decided to take it up with God on the drive home. So I got in that car, white knuckle ride home telling God how angry I was that I had to play keyboards for the children's ministry. And by the time that I got to Decatur, I was a children's minister. Because <laughs> that's the way God works. He showed me how important the children are to him and that what I was doing in that classroom was more important than the word that I would be receiving on the pew. And that if I did it right, that his spirit would fill me and I would feel him more, not less. So if you feel like, man, I, I love teaching, but I'd really like to be down there in the, on the pews. It's like, no, no, no. You're actually pleasing God more. You can get more out of him by serving as a teacher than you can. And I'm not saying I'm for the preaching of the word. But if, but if you can be in service and serving God, that's a, that's a, God is pleased with that. And God is pleased with you. So Ephesians 4, and I, I don't know if I have to convince you of this, but it says he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. We call that the fivefold ministry, right? And we talk about the fivefold ministry. But have you ever recognized that when you call yourself a teacher, you are one of the fivefold ministry? That God intends. And so why does he put the fivefold ministry into play? For the perfecting of the saints? for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. You have a purpose as a teacher to fulfill this calling till we come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure 
of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about. So I, I, what I'm trying to get across to you is as teachers, I don't think that we take ourselves seriously enough sometimes in God's kingdom. We, we, even the way we recruit for children's ministry is like, hey, does anybody want to fill this ministry? We need a warm body. Anybody interested? And I'm telling you, it's a calling. Okay, you feel me, right? And so I say that today, if you're not recognizing that it's a calling on your life, I'm here to say, God wants you to feel called to teach. And that teaching is a supernatural ministry. Don't just treat your children's ministry like we need a teacher. And even if it's, we have a teacher that was a good teacher in the public schools, that doesn't mean they're going to be a good supernatural teacher. You have to have spiritual maturity as a teacher. You don't just put your new converts in with your new converts. But that's the, sometimes the way we teach our children. We're looking for, oh, man, she loves children. She's a new convert. Let's get, her, let's get her in here. Now, I'm all for putting new converts in as teachers, but they better have a mentor over them to show them the way. Don't put them on their own because they don't know yet. They're still young. Teaching is a supernatural ministry. Can I have an amen? Now, I'm, I'm marveling right now. I've been studying Elijah and Elisha. And Elisha was following Elijah around. You, you know the stories where Elijah was about to get taken up to heaven and Elisha's following him very closely, right? And all the prophets are saying, hey, you know your master's gonna get taken today, right? And he's like, yeah. You know, and Elijah's like, or Elijah says, stay here. No, no, no. What does Elisha ask for at the end of that story? When a double portion, right? Why does he feel qualified to ask for a double portion? And the reason I'm asking that is I, I ask you, if you feel called as a teacher, and I hope you do, do you feel comfortable asking God for a double portion today? As we start today, and here's what we're going to do. I'm going to play a song here, and I want you to prayerfully just seek God's face. And there's a few things that need to happen first. You need to First off, you need to get comfortable coming to God today. So if there's obviously anything that you need to wash under the blood, any forgiveness you need to do, of anything you need to do, you need to, I want you to feel comfortable. We, we are here today to receive blessing from God, right? We are here today to be transformed. I, want to, I ask you, do you feel comfortable, I, I feel, asking God to do something supernatural today to us? To get God, will you... Give my ministry that is for you, not for me. You're not asking for a double portion so that you can be anything incredible. But you see, Jessica may or may not know that when she writes for our toddler literature, she writes for every church in the United Pentecostal Church. That's a pretty powerful ministry you have there, Jessica. Let's double that. Okay? You see, once you start thinking about who's in your classroom and what you're doing for God... And then going, am I worthy to receive a double portion? I'll even take a 10% increase. But I say that to say, I'm going to put on a song here. And what I want you to do, I want you to find a place for the next five minutes. And I want you to seek God's face. And in our unworthiness, let's just ask God to bless our teaching ministry or whatever ministry you have here today. 
Not all of us are teachers. Maybe some of you are bus drivers. I don't know your ministry. But in what you're doing for Christ, let's ask him to anoint it and to bless it. Are you willing to do that with me here today? And let's get the spirit moving in here. So in theory... And just take, take your time to get into the presence of God. That's why we're here today. Hold nothing back. Let everything just lay it down at the foot of his cross here this morning. Tell Jesus that nothing is sacred. It all belongs to you. To take it from me, I lay it down at the foot of the cross. Use whatever you can, Jesus, Lord. Use these teachers here today. Open up the windows of heaven over this house as we seek your spiritual blessing, Lord. Jesus, we praise you, Lord. We thank you for calling us. Lord, out of darkness, hallelujah. We remember, Jesus, when you pulled us out of the miry clay, Jesus. We remember. Lord, and now your calling is upon us here today for your glory, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. And now I want you to ask God. I want you to ask for a spiritual blessing, anointing on your ministry. I don't want you to hold back. I, and it's not for you. He, you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for him. Say, God, take what I have and use it to your glory. Take my church. Take my life. Take my job. Take my finances, my, my vehicles. All that I am, Lord, and use it for your blessing. And let him speak. Let his voice come here today. 
praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's why we're here today. It's just to glorify him, to hear his voice, that this day we can be transformed. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is here. Hallelujah. He is here and he's going to speak today. Are you ready to listen? Hallelujah. He's going to do incredible things today. Praise you, Jesus. Brother Moss, will you bless? Come on, lift up your hands. He's here. Dear Jesus, we come to you today as the greatest of teachers. God, that we could learn from you, not only in the record that's left in your word, but by the spirit that you have given us. Oh, God, make us teachers, effective teachers. Use us as a conduit of your grace and your mercy. Lord, to impart to a lost and dying world and to those that are coming out of it through and coming closer to you by uh, associating and, and, and being involved in your work, oh God, that we could teach and be conduits, pipelines of your grace and your mercy, of your knowledge, of, of understanding of your word to them. Lord, we need you. We cannot in the natural do a supernatural work, but we ask for your touch, for your anointing, for your guidance, and for your help. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. Let's just seek it for one more minute. Say, I need you to speak to me, Lord. Are you willing to hear his voice today? My goal is not just to tell you what you already know. My goal is to stretch you here today. That's what I've been called here to do. Praise you, Jesus. He is speaking right now. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Somebody's going to leave encouraged tonight. Hallelujah. That heavy burden is lifted. Praise you, Jesus. So go ahead and fade the music down. Thank you. Does anybody have anything they feel like they want to share right now? Praise you, Jesus. I was just reading something online about the teachers in the Philadelphia schools. The situations are so dire in the Philadelphia schools with those kids. Um, I used to work with a teacher who had been there, and she told me like the horrendous things that happened, and this was around the year 2000, so it's worse now. But this is what like the lead teacher was telling her new teacher. She said, well, you got to hold it together during the day and wait until you go home and cry every evening. But we have the Lord, so we don't have to cry every evening. Amen. And I've gotten many Facebook posts over the last couple of weeks about the uh, recent efforts of the Satanic Church. Uh, 
to school our children. They have plans and they're, they're, the plans are being implemented and our schools are letting them in, right? And so I say that to say, I mean, it's time. God has a purpose for you. I, I mean, you look at me, you go, what are you going to do, Brother Anderson? Well, I'm going to do my part, but what are you going to do? Because you're the hands and the feet. So I'm going to share a little bit of my vision here today. Praise God. So um, I remember when I was in fifth grade and I had an assignment. What does one million look like? Has anybody ever done this assignment before? What does a million look like? And so what the teacher had us do is we had to figure out what a million of something looks like. So for me, what I did is I had to figure out what does a million dimples on a golf ball look like? And I found out that there were 256 dimples on one golf ball. So how many golf balls would it take to have one million dimples? And then I had to collect that many golf balls. So, and then I would say, that's what one million looks like. So I ask you, what does a million look like? And the reason that I ask you this is because in 2002, I was a fairly new convert. I was at UGST, but Urshan Graduate School, because I didn't go there to get a degree. I went there because I was a new convert and I didn't know what else to do. So I was at Because of the Times, and my first time I went to Because of the Times, I didn't even own a suit, but I was there. And I had a vision while I was there. And my vision was, I was underneath the St. Louis Arch. And there were vans that were pulling up and children were getting out of the vans with, with their parents or teachers with them. And they were coming in droves. And I went up and one of the, one of the teachers was straightening the t-shirt on one of the kids. I went up to the t-shirt and the t-shirt had a drawn picture of the St. Louis Arch in crayon with stick figure kids underneath it. And it said, one million chillion in the name of Jesus. One million chillion. In the name of Jesus. And like I said, I was it because of the times. It was a vision that I had. At the time, I was, a, I was a children's minister at Herrick, Illinois. I was at UGST. I was a fairly new convert. I didn't know what to make of it. All I had is I, I had a vision. And I've walked with it. So then I ended up in 2005. I graduated from UGST. In 2006, I stumbled. I tripped into a job at Word of Flame as an editorial designer. And then in 2000, and I want to say it was 2012, Steve Cannon got elected to children's ministries. It was a, it was a strange election at the, because at that time, Word of Flame was under Sunday school division. So Gary Erickson was my boss. And so when he got, when he wasn't reelected and Steve Cannon suddenly became my boss. And so he, he was, Steve Cannon was elected when he came in to headquarters on his first day, God said, Remember that vision from 2001? I want you to share it with Steve Cannon. And so, uh, so I did. I shared it with Steve Cannon. He didn't know what to make of it. If you know Steve Cannon, he, he said, cool, cool. Uh, cool, cool. All right. I didn't know if that was good or bad, but he just said, all right, you know, thank you for sharing with me, Brother Anderson. So I shared with the new children's ministry director. Now they changed their name. My vision of one million children... I found out this year what one million underneath the arch looks like. That was the St. Louis Blues uh, Stanley Cup Parade that supposedly had a million people. Now, I wish that was one million children, but it's one million drunk hockey fans. <laughs> but uh, so this year at the midwinter meetings, 
that uh, Rachel is about to go to for the first time, I believe, Rachel Lugo. Um, but last January, Rashidi Collins was there, the, the group of ministers was there, and there was a, a, a prophecy that came forward at the children's ministry meeting of all the children's ministry directors. Guess what, guess what the prophecy was? I'm going to do a revival amongst the children of one million souls. And it's going to happen. And then, so, and when Steve Cannon heard that and I heard that, and we got together afterwards, we felt the blanket of the Holy Ghost because God is planning on doing an incredible thing. Praise God. And so, once again, my name is Chris Anderson. I am the children's editor of PPH. Steve Cannon is over children's ministries. And so, for so many years, we've operated separately. And only in the last couple of years has children's ministry started to work with PPH. Children's ministries does an incredible job of evangelism, wouldn't you say? But they don't do much with teaching. PPH does an incredible job with teaching, but we don't do much with evangelism. But when we come together, and this was the vision that I had, we're two oxen plowing the same field together. Our job is to equip the teacher with the materials. So I say that to say, who are the hands and feet that are going to make this one million child revival happen? And the answer is you. Yeah, whoever that is. <laughs> Praise God. Um, so God is about to do something wonderful. And if you get on board, it's, it's an incredible time. I don't know what it means. It's a little scary. I don't know how we get there. All I know is I have to do my part. And I pray that you do your part. And God is going to assemble the body together. And as an anointed body, we are going to work together. And we're going to see something that the world hasn't seen before. If you go to the Children's Ministry website right now, you'll see that Steve Cannon has put together a program for 2020 of this One Million Child Revival. It's their, it's their focus. And uh, now my place in the body is this. I am the children's editor. I was telling Pastor Beardsley last night as we were out to eat. If, if I died today and I was standing before Christ on his throne, being held accountable for my life, I am accountable as the children's editor. I take my job very seriously. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not doing it for a paycheck. I'm not doing it for the benefits. I'm doing, I am the children's editor because I was called to be the children's editor. I'm recognizing that sometimes we are an imperfect. We're trying our best, but sometimes... So your, your, your feedback is very valuable to me. I am trying as hard as I can. My goal is to equip you with the lessons so that you can be the teacher that you need to be. So many teachers feel like they need to rewrite, do everything from scratch. And there are some people that are called to do that. But there's others that are called to teach, but they don't need it written from scratch. They can, put, they can take a lesson and they can use it. My job is to equip the teacher. I'm accountable. What is your job? And I don't know your job. You know your job. What did God speak to you when we had that song on? What is it that, who are the faces that you're supposed to minister to? Now, if there's something that I can do to help you to reach your potential, please let us know or talk to your pastor or, or do whatever it takes. But it's very important in this day and age that we each, teaching is a supernatural experience. And we have to let it be that. Amen? Amen. So, I 
we have a one million child revival. It's, and it's so easy to look at that and, and look at it and go, oh, children's ministry is doing another program. Oh, they want one million kids. But we say, let's look at Psalm 105. It says, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. And what is a generation? A generation is, is, a, is a group of people. We have probably two or three generations represented here, right? Now, <clears throat> I know everybody has their different views of eschatology, right, Brother Moss? We had a great discussion last night. But is anybody familiar with end time ministries? I ask you. I'm not, I don't, I'm not telling you to light your head on fire and go out and sell your house and, and act like the end of the world is coming. But what if this is the last generation before Christ comes? I ask you, how important is, are those children in your classroom to Jesus? If he is preparing for his coming, like I feel like maybe he is, we have a pretty important task right now. So I ask again, what does, what does this look like as teachers? What does revival look like in your classroom? And what, one thing I've learned in this day and age, is so many times we come to God and we try to tell him what this should look like, right? And then he, he blows us away by doing it his way. So in this day of technology, social media, we have an opportunity. You don't need... Revival happens outside of the pews. You guys are here as the leaders in the church. But this revival probably doesn't happen so much in our pews as it does in our classrooms and then out. I, I, I don't, there's, a, there's an opportunity here today. That I, I want God to speak to each of us. He's got a role for us. Now, fortunately for you, this is my message moving forward as the children's editor God is going to do an incredible thing through the United Pentecostal Church. Starting here. Are you ready? It's going to take... Have you ever asked yourself what it would have been like to be at Azusa Street? Right? They met three times a day, every day, including holidays, for three years. Because that's what revival looks like. We were talking about Brother Moss, and he's a fifth generation. He has five generations in, or the wife. His wife has five generations going to Oklahoma, and the first generation was in 1920, which probably came straight from Aurora Seco, because somebody went to one of those revivals, and they went out, and they couldn't contain the message. They had to start a church. They have to catch on fire. That is our, our we are, we're fire starters. Do you feel that? And so we have to get, these our children, this generation Society believes that it has this generation in their hand and they plan on crushing them like grapes, right? They think that our children are sheep. The word that I've heard used at the United Nations, the way that the United Nations sees our children, it's called sheeple. They're not people. 
They're trying to do mind. They're trying to say, what can we do? Hey, I have an idea. If we get them confused on what it means to be a man and a woman, they'll get confused and they won't, they'll lose their authority. That is, that is a tool of the people in charge. Intentional to make this generation confused about what, what is authority. Because if you look at scripture, once again, I'm not here trying to make a roadmap of the end times, but there does come along an authority figure that takes complete control of this, this moment. And there's a generation that they're trying to groom for that moment, and it's our kids. So I say that to say, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. So that's why we're here today, okay? That's why we're here. We're going to take a little bit of a break get some coffee, get some donuts, use the restrooms. We'll be back in about 10 minutes and, uh, and, and we'll continue. But just if you want to, you can socialize, you can prayerfully reflect on what we're saying. Just prepare yourself to be moved on today.